Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. It's Thursday, September 16th, 2021. If you are listening to this podcast, I hope that you are familiar with the message of the gospel. And just in case you're not, and since we could never think about these incredible truths too much, let's review. What is the gospel? Well, the gospel is, the word gospel literally means good news. And this good news is necessary because there's a problem. There's a problem that this good news is announcing the resolution of. And the problem is that you and I are sinners. And we are sinners who have therefore been separated from our perfect creator, holy God. And we are actually on a crash collision course with his judgment because we sin, we live in a state of sin, and we are on the way to hell in our own efforts because we are lost in sin. But the good news is that God has made a way to resolve this situation. The good news is that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, came into this world and he lived the perfect life. Yeah, that perfect life that you and I have failed to live. And he died on the cross, the Bible says, for our sins. And He died on the cross for our sins in the sense that he took our punishment on the cross. That's what we've already said. You and I deserve punishment for our sin, but Jesus died to take that punishment. And then he rose again. And that that resurrection is a stamp of approval from God on his sacrificial act for us. Also, through rising from the dead, he has broken the power of sin and death. Uh, We now have the power to live a new life right here, right now. And we have a hope that we too, like Christ, will rise again and live with God forever in a new heavens and a new earth. That is the good news. And In response to this news, God is saying this is a free gift. I want to make a trade with you where you give Jesus your sin and the penalty that it deserves, and he gives you his perfect life. What a good deal. That's why it's called good news. And all we have to do to respond to this, he calls us to repent and believe, to turn from our sin and to put our faith in Christ. It's not based on works and trying to make up for all the wrong that we have done or by doing this long list of things to earn points with God. No, it's in a moment, transferring our trust from ourselves uh, to Christ as our Savior and our Lord, and we can be saved. What a glorious message. And more than just a glorious message, in some ways it is a simple message. A child can understand the basics of this message. And some it might take longer to truly grasp the realities of their own sin and what it really means to follow Christ. But the basic message is a simple one and is one that God has called us to respond to and a message he has called us to proclaim to the world. But the sad truth we have to acknowledge today on Revival from the Bible is that many, many people have not responded to the gospel. 
One problem that we won't focus on as much today is that many people have not heard the gospel, and that should burden us. But also many who have heard it have not responded to it. What are the consequences of failing to believe the gospel? And I want us to stop and to think about that today. And maybe some of you really need to weigh this in your own heart. And we should all consider how this should weigh on us as it relates to other people. But let's start in Hebrews chapter 2, where today we're going to look at verses 1 through 9. And look at how Hebrews 2 starts. It says, therefore, in light of this fact that Christ is greater than the angels, which we saw in chapter 1, we must pay closer attention to what we have heard, lest we drift away from it. For since the message declared by angels proved to be reliable and every transgression or disobedience received a just retribution, how shall we escape if we neglect such a great salvation? It was declared at first by the Lord, and it was attested to us by those who heard, while God also bore witness by signs and wonders and various miracles and by gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to His will." And so as you see that, really the crux of what I want us to see is is in verse 3 there, how shall we escape if we neglect such a great salvation? The gospel is such good news. How in the world are we going to escape if we hear this news and reject it? If we know that there is an offer on the table for all of our sins to be forgiven completely in full, And for us to have a new life inside of us, if we are to know that and reject it, how in the world are we going to escape? That's really the message here in the beginning of this passage. And it's something that we need to take to heart. And I want you to take to heart. If you're listening to this podcast and you're no doubt familiar with the word and you have some desire to be in the word. And so I would hope that you're familiar with the message of the gospel that we talked about at the beginning of this podcast. Have you really responded to it? Or are you still playing around with sin or with works righteousness or trusting yourself? If so, how are you going to escape if you neglect such a great salvation? Today is the day for you to turn and to put your faith in Christ. Uh, I I love uh, what it goes on to say later, and it speaks of uh, Christ and just the authority that he has. And after this quote from Psalms in the middle of verse eight, it says, now in putting everything in subjection to him, he left nothing outside his control. At present, we do not yet see everything in subjection to him, but we see him who for a little while was made lower than the angels, namely Jesus, crowned with glory and honor because of the suffering of death, so that by the grace of God, he might taste death for everyone. And so there we see Christ right now, we don't see him reigning on this earth, but it's going to happen as we talked about yesterday. Uh, But now he is crowned with glory and honor because of what he has done. And then we see kind of already the substitutionary nature of what he did, that he might taste death for everyone on the cross. What an amazing message. May we respond in faith. Now, how do we think about those that don't respond? I mean, it's, it's foolish to not respond to the gospel. We see a world surrounded by so many people who uh, are not responding to uh, the gospel. And so as we think about that, let's look now at Luke chapter 19, verses 41 through 48. And remember, the scene is the triumphal entry. And Jesus, he is not even in the city yet. 
But look at how he responds as he draws near to the city and what he says, starting in verse 42. Jesus says, would that you, speaking really, I think to Jerusalem, even you had known on this day the things that make for peace, but now they are hidden from your eyes. For the days will come upon you when your enemies will set up a barricade around you and surround you and hem you in on every side and tear you down to the ground, you and your children within you, and they will not leave one stone upon another in you because you did not know the time of your visitation. And so we know there's terrible consequences that come from a failure to respond to the good news of Jesus Christ. And that's a tragic thing. But what stood out to me so much from Jesus's response there is you don't see just an anger um, in him. You don't just see, I can't believe you guys missed the Messiah when he was right in front of your face. You deserve what you're going to get. That's not the tone that Jesus brings here, even though he will judge uh, these people who reject him. Uh, Even though God is holy and he will judge righteously and and his wrath is a real thing that sinners will experience, we still see the heart of Christ. We see a sense of mourning over that. Uh, We see a a sense of heartbreak over Jerusalem. And, And so while it is frustrating and it's saddening to see a world that many have heard the gospel, but so few respond, I want us to see, do we have that sense of heartbreak for the lost that, that Christ had, that we have a longing for them to be saved. And we wish that they would, instead of almost having an arrogance, uh, even remembering that we are saved because Christ has saved us. Um, we want to be thankful to God as a result of all of these things. Let's move on to the Old Testament now. And we're starting another, we're in a stretch of longer Psalms here. And we're starting Psalm 107 today. So even just as we think about salvation, obviously we think of salvation from our sins and salvation from the penalty of sin and hell and eternal life. But when we think about God being a savior, he's, that's his nature. He's a deliverer. And I guess, yes, there's a salvation in a capital S sense, the ultimate salvation from our sins. But also we see God as a deliverer. And there's so many ways in our lives that we depend on him for deliverance and salvation. And some of those smaller pictures of salvation are really just a glimpse into the bigger picture. And I think that's a lot of what we're going to see here in Psalm 107, where it's going to give all these little snippets of people who were in a hard situation and God saved them. And the banner over it all is that familiar frame, oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good for his steadfast love endures forever. And then it goes on to talk about people that he has redeemed from trouble. And it starts with those that were lost in the desert and they were hungry and thirsty, but they cried to the Lord and he delivered them from their distress and he led them out of the wilderness. And in verse eight, it says, let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works to the children of man. For he satisfies the longing soul and the hungry soul he fills with good things. So there you can know God literally saving these people from the wilderness is a picture of a God who satisfies the hungry soul. And is your soul hungry today? Look to God. Look to God for salvation. Look to God for deliverance. And expect also in the smaller areas in your life, God is able to deliver you even in those things. And when he does, that's just a little picture of this great salvation that he is offering through Jesus Christ. 
And finally, we wrap up today in Song of Solomon. And as I said, there's some discussion amongst biblical scholars about what's, what's going on with this book. And many say, well, this book is really about God and Israel or Christ and the church. And while marriage is intimately connected as a picture of Christ and the church, I think this book is really just about the beauties of marriage. And even it gets into uh, the, the beauties of intimacy within marriage. And I would like to offer just today's reading as exhibit A in my case as to why I think this is talking about physical intimacy and is uh, specifically exhibit A. If you want to just look again at uh, chapter 7 verses 6 through uh, 10 and break down for me all the ways that that's describing Christ and the church to us. Uh, even the, the one commentary I, w- I was reading along through the Song of Solomon that's trying to compare this all to Christians and, and pursuing God and the love that we have with Christ, it conveniently skipped over and did not comment on chapter 7, verses uh, 6 through 9. Uh, and, and I think it's just passages like this that convince me this is really, I think, about the beauty of marriage. And may, we honor marriage as it should be honored, even the beauty of intimacy within marriage. And may we fight against um, anything that would compromise that purity and that beauty. And, and whether you're married or single, there will be ways you are tempted to compromise on the beauty of what's going on here. And in a world where sex is so often twisted, May we be people who praise sex in its rightful place, and also we do not idolize sex in that place, but we we praise God for this gift and we seek to pursue it in the right ways and, and, and trust God ultimately and see this as not something that we are entitled to, which can lead to all kinds of problems, but as a gift from God. And may we have that right perspective. But today, I hope reflecting on the gospel has really encouraged you. If you have not responded to the gospel, how are you going to escape if you neglect such a great salvation? And also, just think about the lost around you, and may we be burdened for them uh, like Christ was for Jerusalem. Thanks for digging into God's Word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out RevivalFromTheBible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to CompassBible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.